It's Europe Calling with Neil Colborne and Vince Tracy. All the things you might have missed. Europe Calling. Okay, it's the last day of October, 31st of October, 2023. Our weather is cooler. It's uh, not been cold, but certainly cooler, fresher. And the definition on the mountain looks good. Everything else is okay. Let's go west. We'll go for about 40 minutes and I should find Neil. So, Neil, very good day to you. And what's your weather like? Good day, Vince. It's... Uh cloudy and it is chillier today than it has been it's uh it's only in teens it's uh and there's a, a slight breeze as well but can't complain i still walked out i, I had to put a t-shirt on yeah. first time <laughs> yeah. yeah it's uh i mean you know it, it's a bit cooler but we needed it to be and i must admit yesterday there was times yesterday when it was too hot so um yeah it was really warm yesterday it was lovely yeah yeah okay well our first one takes us to uh, somerset so uh here we go somerset coming up just uh, when you thought it was safe to go out fury as Woke Council flushes the word mothers from its guidance on new and expectant parents for staff who have given birth or are breastfeeding, including transgender people. Well, uh, we thought it wouldn't have gone away because, quite honestly, um, life was always a bit different in the West Country and the council was accused of writing out women and purging the word mother, uh, the document from Somerset County Council has replaced the phrase new and expectant mothers with new and expectant parents. It was changed to be inclusive to all employees who are pregnant, have given birth in the last six months, those breastfeeding, including transgender or non-binary people. It's HR, Human Resources Committee, announced feminist campaigners have complained of the word mother being purged from official documents despite only biological women being able to give birth and breastfeed. The new and expected parents policy outlines the council's responsibilities to new mothers. OK, um, I mean, basically, they've lost the plot, these um, councils, haven't they? There's only a mother can give birth. Never mind what what, what you you pretend to be, whatever binary and God knows what you want to be, transgender part you want to be, but only mothers give birth. And my mother's still my mother. You know? Well... Ridiculous. I've never never heard so much absolute rubbish in all my life, ever. (laughs) Just going on and on. You see... nonsense. For me, it was always a question of, um, you, you know, I know probably some people think it's really weird the way I tell you this all the time or anybody. But I mean, basically, um, when I went and read the Communist Party manifesto and they told you that the way to beat um, capitalism is to defeat the family. Well, I mean, this is part of it. You, you know, if you've got um, people in uh, uh, councils, what they do, they they can get in there and create mayhem. Um, I mean, they don't work sort of I, I remember going to the Cornwall County Council offices once and I think I found about seven people asleep on working on the job, you know. Uh, yeah. It's it's absolute yes, I get the expectant parents because the 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 the, the man's there as well as the woman. I get that part. You know, I'm an expectant father, you know, but but the, this mother thing Please do me a favour and cut out all this rubbish. And I mean, at one time, councillors, you, you got paid off your, you got paid expenses. Then they, they asked the companies, you know, if you had a big company, to to pay them the wages. And a lot of, well, chloride did anyway. So, but I mean, they're, they're there getting paid and claiming expenses to come out with rubbish like this. They should just 
sack them all and let's start afresh because it's ridiculous. Well, I always your look... Your mother is your mother. Full stop. End of errand. I mean, realistically, if you've got people growing up and you've got this rubbish being spouted uh, all the time, then, you know, they're all going to end up talking rubbish to each other, which I, I think's what they're trying to do anyway. But I look in the um, comments because I always find them interesting. Uh, the first one, unfortunately, Pandora's box has been opened and will never be able to close again. All the time, we have beings who are petrified of being singled out by standing up for our common sense. Nothing will change. I always thought it would be war that destroyed man. In a way, I'm right, but it's a war of words, not bullets. Good comment, that one, isn't it? You see, I know. So, so when when we have Mother's Day, what are they going to change that to? Non-binary day or something, or whatever it, yeah, I, I can't, I can't get my head onto onto this, especially this one. You know, you know. Uh, uh, how's your mother doing today? What mother? It's not got a mother. I've got whatever we're calling it this this week. You know? No, no. What annoys me is the fact that um, you know the Tories are always always being told uh, over history that you know they're the the the, the family is important and they 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 want to protect the, the the family but of course it's rubbish because um you know i've got another comment which uh, is the way it could work i wonder what would happen if we all simply cancelled our council tax payments until this nonsense was reversed and the persons responsible for it made to pay back every single penny it's cost before being bounced on their ears with no final salary, pensions or perks. That would be nice, wouldn't it? That would be exactly what should happen. Like, like her at Nat West. You know, she should, have got, she should have got nothing, you know, for what she did. You know, and then putting it all over newspapers and all that. Oh, you see, that's the trouble with, with these businesses. They, they, just, they all just side shift them to somewhere else on same salary, on same pension, and they're doing absolutely nothing, only trying to stir up a bit of trouble. They make me laugh. Well, I mean, you'd laugh only it's so it's so stupid that people are taking any of this seriously. Um, exactly. You know, it's, exactly. It, it's not worthy of, it's not, I mean, really, it isn't even worthy of us having a chat on a podcast. But, I mean, I feel that I don't want to ignore it because it is annoying. And, um, you know, it's just so, so ridiculous. Um, I, I don't know about you, Neil. I I, I think we both come from an, er, a, an area and an era when you spoke common sense to each other, didn't you? All the time. Oh, I mean, when I've had a few bites, I've spoken a bit of gobbledygook. <laughs> but other than that, uh, when I'm talking to anybody, it was just normal practice and, uh, you know. But uh, it, it, it does it, it infuriates you that these people daft enough that will go along with some of this, you know. Well, that's how I feel. I mean, you know, if you look at people who basically... Well, as you, you said it all. I mean, you when you've had a few drinks... Um, then, yeah, of course, you know, that's the time that maybe you would uh, expect somebody to um, obviously uh, be a little amusing in what they say. But these people are serious, you know. I know. But, but if, you, if you're serious, it's down. It's got to be a reason. You're trying to confuse. You're trying to muddle and you're trying to meddle. And quite honestly, I can see this all coming from a certain place that's managed to actually lock down its population and tie the, all the families into one baby per family. Come on. You know, if, yeah. you, if that's where you want to be, you'll go along with it all. Otherwise, be with me, I say. Um, I better move on, hadn't I? Right, yeah. Okay, so um, here's the next one. Right, this is actually quite interesting. Uh, you've probably seen this in the in the press, and it's a game which I've never played, and it's ice hockey. And in Sheffield, um, there was a guy called Matt Petgrave um, who was obviously trying to hit out at another player called Adam Johnson, but he had his throat slit 
by his opponent's skate. Um, now, you know, obviously, nobody would be doing that, I don't think, on purpose. Uh, there's an ex-NHL player being interviewed, and uh, he's saying that uh, he didn't believe that somebody is... Obviously, he said he was trying to hit Adam Johnson because that's part of what the game does. Uh, but he didn't wake up thinking, I'm going to murder somebody today. Um, I mean, that's sport, isn't it? That's what you would expect somebody to, yeah. to, to say, really. Um, I mean, see, the, only, the, the only way I could, you know, I've seen it all. Uh, I, 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 you know, they're telling us, you know, he come, his blade caught him. Uh, and I thought, oh, well, he, he must have been going down, you know, like falling, as he was skating, like, past him or, going, you know, going away. And it, as he's landed, he's landed on the bottom of the, of the blade and, it, and it's cutting. I you know, that was the only thing I can, but I didn't, I didn't know they were fighting. I didn't, nobody mentioned that. I suppose, really, you know, it's that type of game, isn't it? I mean, I've I've, I've obviously watched it on uh, TV. Um, but apparently, I didn't know. But you, you could you can have a, a neck guard on, you know, like you know, them things when you you hurt your, your back and they put them neck braces on. Yeah, you can have one of them, a lightweight one of them. I didn't know that, but it apparently, it's compulsory in uh, either under twelves or under fifteens or something. And you, I, I, you never see them with them on it. Uh, in, you know, it main games, do you? You know, it's like a, like a neck thing on. Yeah. Well, but now they're trying to make that compulsory. And I mean, but that's an absolute freak accident, isn't it? That? It's got to well, be. Well, it is. But I think uh, you know, definitely, I would say, yeah, we're we're a neck brace. Um, I, I think if you've had a death, once you've had a death, then you've got to take it seriously, haven't you? Yeah. I mean, we started with cricket, didn't we? Yeah. With the helmets. And then they went, and they had to put this back guard because where it hit him was, you know, lower than where the, the, the helmet came to. So they have, they have a, like them two guard pieces, don't they? That, you know, softens the blow. Yeah. If, you know, if they have a bouncer at their head, you know. Yeah. Okay. We're uh, for safety, but we're not for stupid safety things, you know, are we? But when something happens, and it, and there is a thing that you can do that will help, then by all means, get them, you know, have them. Well, I mean, when you look at the rugby players and you look at the the noses and the ears and the horrific accidents that uh, just come from clashes of heads and tackles yeah. and things like that, I mean, obviously, you know, you 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 give people the option of wearing a scrum hat, but if you don't want to wear it, um, yeah. then don't be surprised if you walk around with cauliflower ears for the rest of your life, because obviously. Um, that's what will happen. Um, look, um, another thing that uh, was stacks of information in the paper yesterday. Um, I did. I never watched this program, Friends. I, it's just nothing to me. And um, you know, they, they've gone on and on and on and on about Matthew Perry, who was in the cast and whatever. Did you ever watch the program? Never. No. No. Um, mm. uh, uh, I, I've never watched Cheers, uh, you know, uh, and that that stuff, you know, that American stuff. But apparently, he died in a jacuzzi. Well, look, I mean, the thing for me is really, f from what we do with the papers and what we do with our comments, I, I try to look at the angles which are being forced down people's throats. Now, if we're talking about two people who basically we look at the papers and we've lived in the UK, um, we, we, we've had virtually pages and pages of stuff about this fella who, what the heck's it got to do with England? I mean, it was, if anything, I think it was a Channel 4 programme, wasn't it? I think so, yeah, I don't know. As I say, I've, I've never watched it. Yeah. Well, I, I find the whole thing absolutely bizarre, quite honestly, and, um, you know, the more that I look at the way the newspapers try to uh, dominate people and, and make us think in a certain way. It, uh, it, it, it drives me bloomin' mad, if I'm honest, you know, because uh, we, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be having to watch the same sort of drivel that the Americans obviously watch, because it's nothing to do with us. I mean, you know, if, if we had one of the Coronation Street or EastEnders cast, you could, you could understand it. I don't think I'd particularly yeah. want to be yeah. interested in this, it. But, this is know. like an American soap, isn't it? 
I suppose. You know, it's like, yeah. like American talk type of thing. And as I say, yeah, I'm with you with this. It's like, do, do all the American papers get, you know, get blasted, you know, uh, about Coronation Street? Somebody dies in Coronation Street? Yeah, I don't know. I would But be, I, I don't yeah. know why it comes up, you know, over into the UK. You yeah. Know? I don't think they would, actually, if I'm honest. It's not basically news, is it? You just put it on that he's died, yeah, and it, he's only 50 odd, which is, you know, really young. And, uh, you know, there'll be women that have watched watched it all, and some men as well. But no, I, I don't. I, well, I don't watch any of soap, so okay. I'm, I'm, I'm out of all that news. Okay, we'll move on then. Here we go. Okay, we're just talking about these just stop oil eco activists. And they appear to be playing dead as their latest tactic to wreak havoc on the capital, uh, London, of course, as officers were forced to drag their slumped bodies into the back of police vans. Protesters were filmed using their bodies as dead weights as up to three officers at a time picked them up and carried them into the back of vans during a slow march in Whitehall on Monday. Metropolitan police officers who made 62 arrests in total as the group kicked off three weeks of disruption hell can be seen struggling to move them out of the way of the road now i don't know about you neil um we've discussed this too for far too long now are the police are are the police just stupid or are they being politically motivated politically motivated if if you're in front of somebody's car or ambulance we've had all this Right, get hold of them by scruff at neck, put them onto pavement, say you move again, and you're heading towards this road, and you're in back of van. And, uh, but you see, they'll, they'll get a slap on wrist, a bit of 50 quid fine or something like that, and somebody's life could be in danger with ambulances or people going to work, they, they're going to be late or they're not going to get there and all that. They make me laugh. No, we've, we've gone that soft on all these protesters and God knows what. It, it's, it's an absolute joke, UK. Well, it is, and realistically, if they're all going to war, uh, just lie down, um, I thought we had water cannons. Would they not be what? a good idea to bring uh, water cannons? Uh, blast them out away, yeah, anything. But just drag them to the side of the road, like we've seen some on Facebook, you know, where they're blocking road off, and all of a sudden, got a few drivers get out, they throw them to the side and threaten them, you come back on here, I'll knock you out or something. And all of a sudden, uh, the traffic starts flowing. Great. I don't know about you. I think uh, I probably will have told you, but I went and I found that there's a website where these people can go and apply to get financial aid. Now, uh, I don't know if you uh, sort of get the gist of what they look like, but, I mean, it's like the old Greenham Common crowd uh, reincarnated, really. I mean... Um, most of them look as if they couldn't knock a flea off a rice pudding. And, uh, you know... Um, and then, what, what were them others, them tree huggers? What were, what, were, what were he called? Oh. Climbing up trees and God knows what. And, oh, I don't know. But I think, I uh, you know, to, to, to actually read that it takes three bobbies to lift one... Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why, don't they yeah. Just, why don't they just take the lot of them, cart them off... Find them heavily. I mean, don't mess mess around. Find them heavily and give them a warning that if they turn up anywhere else doing anything that disrupts anything, uh, they will get a, a double fine of what they've just been fined. I mean, there are ways that they could handle this. They're just not doing what they're supposed to do, are they, the police? No, no. They're to protect the public. The public are them that are going to work to pay the coppers' wages, you know. Well, no, these herbits are probably all on benefits and God knows what, and just doing it for the five minutes of fame or whatever. They made me laugh. So, we re- that for you to get them roads clear. So, realistically. You know, if an accident, police cars are all over the place, yeah, to, to try and get it clear. Yeah. Well, to have people sat in middle of road, well, we want you to get that cleared as well, ASAP. I mean, some of, some of the tactics could, could be rather diverse. I mean, if they could manage to um, 
sort of spray them with something, something that's not very pleasant, you know, something that either yeah. smells or you can't get rid of it. And then uh, yeah. obviously we can take it from there. Exactly. Oh, okay, let's go to uh, let's go to the next one then. Here we go. I always think about the way we were sort of growing up and the things that we uh, would have had not to do or to do depending on the situation. Burglars and drug dealers. So um, we're not talking about uh, choir boys. We're talking about burglars and drug dealers and they won't have to tell future employers about their past crimes. Uh, these are new plans to axe the law that states offenders have to declare their convictions. So the Justice Secretary, Alex Chalk has uh, said that former criminals having to confess their unspent convictions years after being released from prison can be a huge barrier for people trying to reintegrate into society. His department said it can be an obstacle to finding employment, accessing housing and being accepted for insurance. Under the rule change, custodial sentences of four years or more for crimes deemed less serious will become spent after a seven-year period of rehabilitation, as long as no other further offence is committed. Offenders who have committed serious sexual, violent or terrorist offences are excluded from the changes. This is the Ministry of Justice. So um, those that apply for jobs that involve working with vulnerable people will still have to disclose their convictions uh, through standard and enhanced disclosure and uh, barring services, etc., I mean, this quite honestly makes my blood boil. It's basically saying, well, go out and, you know, be a criminal for four or five years and then come back in and pretend you're a good person and we'll forget everything. It's just bonkers. Correct. Correct. If you're a burglar, you're a burglar. A thief, you're a thief. There's, there's no getting out of it. It, it they don't get enough punishment for them. I watched that thing last night, suspect number one, about he with 12, 18 people, but he'd been doing it since he was like 12 years old or something. And he'd, he'd done about 40 houses, but they're all elderly people. He smashed the window, gets in, and if they're in there, he just threatens them. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like, he's been let out of prison about five or six times, so you want him now, he comes back out of prison again for, for, for this stint that he's going to do, and then everything's going to be forgotten. Whoa, hang on a minute. He's a thief. You know, will you check him on? No, I don't want him where I've got money in a, in a business or whatever. You know. Oh, no. You see, I'm looking at a comment from John G. in London. How the hell will giving offenders a clean slate prevent them from reoffending? Anyone, anyone with a brain knows this will encourage them to reoffend. After the first crime, any additional crime should carry a mandatory sentence, double that given for the for, for the previous crime. Yeah, it, it's a, well. I mean, life. I'm giving you a life sentence. You've got to have a minimum of twelve years, which is six. How does that work? You know, I when when did somebody's life? end up being uh, the 12 year but then reduced down to six year if we're good behavior it's just not on well there's a guy uh, from the united states and he says i really love reading the reactions from those who don't actually bother to read the article or try to understand it we've always had a system whereby convictions are deemed spent and no longer have to be disclosed subject to exceptions after a certain amount of time. All that is happening is the time limits are being changed. Studies have shown that being in paid employment is a huge factor in reducing the risk of reoffending. This does not mean that every offender will mend their ways, but giving some a chance to earn a living lawfully will benefit us all. Now, I'm not totally against that, but why should anybody be able to spend a certain part of their lives robbing and being a nuisance to everybody and then just um, getting away with it and getting on with their life quite merrily. I don't understand the thing you bear on that. Exactly. If you're a thief, you're a thief. And, you know, how many times 
that they've not been sent to prison for burgling people, right? And then they just keep reoffending, reoffending, reoffending. You know, so you think, oh, because, yeah, well, why didn't they get a job in the first place before they started doing these burglaries? Then, then they'd have been, then that's okay. They're getting a wage. They do it because they don't want a job. They just want a few quid benefits to spend on whatever it is, drugs and uh, uh, whatever, you know, uh, drinking and drugs. And and then, oh, well, if I, if I, can, I can get that much money in, a, in one shift of burgling and do a few burglaries and everything will be all right. Absolutely. Why haven't they got a job in the first place? And why are we paying them benefits if they're not prepared to go for a job? Okay, look, I'm going to take... Um, I was going to say I was going to take a, stri- a quick break because we had some interference on the line. If it comes back, I shall do that. Um, yeah, I mean, we had a fellow that lived fairly near us and he seemed a nice enough guy and he'd go missing for months on end. And you eventually thought to yourself, well, hang on. Where does he go? And then it was explained. You know, he, he goes and does his burglary and then he comes back and just lives a normal life. You know, he hasn't had to worry about feeding a family and doing the things that everybody else has to think about. So, yeah. no, I don't think in in essence, I think if you think that way, you're likely to get them who they'll come out and burgle again, won't they? Yeah. Yeah. Re- reoffend is about 80 percent or something at the moment, isn't it? As soon as you let him out, is I know it's high up there. No wonder. Okay, let's find out. Uh, we've got something a bit, a little bit lighter. Hey. Okay, not uh, Eileen, but Carol. Now, Carol Vorderman. Uh, has got an honorary title and uh, because of her anti-government tweeting um, she's 62 by the way now uh, she's not only a famed countdown star but she's a prouder cadet ambassador and honorary group captain uh, as it's noted in her Twitter feed, uh, or X if it's called now. Uh, but after launching a tirade against top Tory MPs, OK and senior officials were considering hanging her out uh, to dry. Um, and uh, she has labelled the um, the veterans minister, um, Johnny Mercer, and his outspoken wife, Felicity, she labelled them the most petulant, childish pair of the week. Uh, she also branded the Tories a lying bunch of greedy, corrupt, destructive, hateful, divisive, gaslighting crooks. Uh, Mrs Cornelius Mercer hit back at what she called persistent and relentless anti-Tory bullying. So, um, I know you're not the biggest uh, person on the social media, so what do you think of all this nonsense? Carol Vorderman, yeah, she's had she's had more operations. She's had uh, cheek enhancers and facials and God knows what and Botox and everything. Else. Now, Carol, you're an husband that were on countdown. That's it. Full stop. End of errand. But apparently, she was um, she was a very good mathematician, wasn't she? She did something about uh, the water comes from the mountains down in Wales somewhere, and and she devised a thing to get it back up. I think that's what she was famous for first, and then she went on countdown, didn't she? With numbers and stuff like that. That's Mathematician right. Mathematician or something. Yeah. yeah. And then and now, because she got flirted off there, she thought it were through her looks, so she's had all these operations and God knows what, and now she just looks like one of these uh, spitting, spitting image dolls, you know. I, I've got to say, uh, you know, while, whilst understanding where you're coming from with the, with that... Um, you see, the thing is, the the the, the establishment, the um, Tories in particular, it's almost like nobody seems to be able to say the obvious. They are inept. They are exactly what she has said: a greedy, corrupt, lying, destructive, hateful, and divisive. 
So yeah, I'm with them. Yeah, I'm with them. I'm not. So you do need certain people to speak out because now and again, I don't believe for a second that the alternative is any better. But exactly. you know, uh, she's not wrong in what she's been saying. Actually, no. But well, if you were that keen on it, why didn't she say? And so is the Labour. So will. Well, the Lib Dems, if they get in, they'll all be on that big gravy train of theirs that they're all on, you know, and, and, and put it right across and put it right across the board. And we all we all basically know that every, every one of these, they're all in it for themselves. They're not in it for make us any better. No, they keep telling us they are, but they don't. Yeah. OK, uh, right, we'll find you another one then, so stand by. We're talking dogs next. And for our listeners, we're talking about things that we've seen in the papers and we're trying to look at really what is going on. And sometimes um, two dogs, huge dogs, out of control, have attacked three people. And one has been rushed to hospital, as police say, the owner in her 40s has been arrested. Police received Uh, reports of two large dogs that were out of control near Bristol Arcade in Sleaford, Lincolnshire at 5.51am in the morning. When police arrived on the scene, one dog ran off, another was safely secured, but now both dogs have been taken into kennels pending investigations. It's every day of the week now, these dogs attacking people. Um, So... For me, they need to start taking really drastic measures to stop this. What do you think? Well, they do, really. But it, you see, no dog is born aggressive. It's how they brought up from puppies. And it's the, it, it's, it's the owners that are the problem. And they've got to jump down on these owners. You know, it, they make me absolutely laugh. The little man, big dog syndrome, you get all that. And the bigger my dog, the, the more power I'll have. You know, it, it's the fallacy for them. And that's how they go along, you know, thinking that... And, and yet they can't control them themselves. You know, how many, how many times have we had dogs turn on the owners in their own home? You know? Yeah. But it is, it's every week. It's every time, every time someone's in paper, there'll, there'll be some attacked by these dogs, you know? thing is, once a dog is out and able to attack people, it's had a taste of the freedom and the ability it has to attack people. I, I yeah. really feel that you can't allow the dog to go back under somebody's control because they obviously can't control it. Exactly. Exactly. And we're dealing. And I mean, I'm a dog lover. I mean, I had, I had one when I lived on my own, but, you know, I had a bee John Freed. He's only a small dog like. But, you know, fantastic. With kids, you could, the kids could go and, you know, take its food off him or anything. But you, they taught to do that. If they, if they make a, a bit of a, a growl, you know, if you go near the, the food, when the food's still there, and they, well, you, you chastise them then and take the food away, you know, for a long while, you know, for a while. Yeah. And then you, then you can give it them back. But it's the owners that are the problem. The owners have these dogs, and they just, as you say, they, they, they just, once they get out and run wild, they think, oh, I'll have a bite of this, and I'll have a bite of that, you know. But I mean, by the, just goes too far. Uh, by the time they've killed people, I mean, you know, well, it, it's too late by that time, isn't it? Well, it's well too late. But you, you can see them walking along with them. They can't, they can't control them on the lead. Do you know what I mean? It, you see, as I said, little man, big dog syndrome. Yeah. They make me laugh. Yeah. Okay, uh, we'll go next to a disco tycoon. Okay, uh, here it comes. So there's a guy called Graham King, and he's a former caravan park 
and Disco Tycoon. He made £25 million in 2021. So how did he make it? Well, he had a home office contract to house asylum seekers. This is uh, in southern England and in Wales. Uh, Surging numbers of cross-channel arrivals meant his profits more than doubled last year. His firm was paid £1.3 billion in 12 months, 3.5 million a day for accommodating and transporting arrivals. Clear Springs Ready Homes had made 500 million pounds in 2021 and in a sign of doubt about the government's promises to damp down and clamp down on small boat arrivals and the resulting hotel costs, it confidently predicts business continuing for the foreseeable future. The accounts for Clear Springs says it is looking to expand its involvement in large non-hotel accommodation sites such as ex-army camps. Right. Um, Somebody, I suppose, is always going to end up making money. But there's a lot of money being made at the expense of everybody else in the land at the moment. Um, Exactly. Exactly. It's all right, saying. Listen, we need to put all these up in these uh, static homes or whatever they are, or caravans, or right? and then government chuck our money about. You know, it says, it says that I'm, I mean, me and you are still paying because we still pay our taxes in the UK. And it's like, oh, well, it's all right. We'll just, we'll just give him, you know, 1.2 billion to, to make sure that uh, nobody will know about it. Do you know what I mean? It's it's farcical that they can spend our money, and we've got to go out and earn it. And these lot have come over here when you know, and not doing anything and living like kings. You know, it's it's an absolute UK as far as it's looking like to me has gone completely under the water. Now you might as well just let everybody run right. Well, I mean, when we were looking at the uh, the scenes in London, and we obviously at this point. Wish everybody in Gaza, uh, obviously on both sides of the conflict, uh, we wish you peace and some sort of settlement because things have got to stop. Anyway, um, if you actually look at the Palestinian marches over the weekend, now that's not even taking count of the numbers of immigrants who are in the country and waiting in these centres. I mean, it's just a total and utter recipe for madness. It, it, it just... I just don't even want to think about what will happen in the future. Exactly. It's, it's a terrible thing, you see. You've got, you've got your Hamas, you know, a terrorist group. You've got uh, uh, Israel... And and then this terrorist group come and, and kill fourteen hundred people of them. What, what do they expect to do? So well, it's all right, but it's the innocents that, that get caught up. That's the problem, because Hamas are hiding. You know, they, they, they have human shields and and all that. Like probably these uh, that these that are still missing. You know that they that they took with them. You know, it, but you you've got to find a peace solution somewhere. But you know, if, if nobody's prepared to, you know come to the table and sort something out. I mean, it's been going on for donkey's years anyway. But it's it's a bad sign at times when, you know, all of a sudden we've heard nothing from, you know, Hamas and Palestine and and, uh, Israel for quite a few years. And all of a sudden they just decide, right, let's go and and, uh, attack, you know, uh, uh, Israel. And and, and go shooting people, 250 young kids enjoying a, uh, a music festival. You know, what's where are they getting bred into this? These you know nutcases that want to just go around killing people. It's it's never been heard of, really. What do you really think was behind everything? <sighs> well, well, it's religion, isn't it? That's what that's the way it looks like to me, because you know it's anti uh, anti what is it semis. I said anti-Semitism. <laughs> Semitism, yeah. yeah. On one side, Muslim on the other, and and then it, 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 it's the Middle East has always been uh, mainly Muslim, anti. So I must think, well, if if you know, if, if we start getting beaten up a bit here, all, all the others around us will come and back us up, which hopefully they don't. 
I don't even think it's it, it's that simple. I, I think you'll find Iran was probably the biggest instigator well, yeah, of all this. It, it started over the... Well, I mean, going back to Jesus' day, you've got the Israelites, you know, and the Palestinians, haven't you? And it was, and then they, they were always having a, a fight over, over bits of land and this, that and the other, you know. It makes you wonder why on earth people really just can't get on because, uh, you know, I don't know about you... Um, I can't say I've ever been inside a, a mosque. I can't say I've ever been inside a synagogue. I have no intention particularly of wanting to do it. Um, but I do know um, that there are certain things that are beliefs um, in other people's system, which I don't agree with. But, you know, do I want to go out and kill people? No, I, I don't. I don't, you know, I, I want to just hopefully let them get on with their lives and let me get on with my life, you know. Exactly, yeah. I don't want to get involved in other people's arguments, you know. You see people arguing in pub and they say, oh, go and sort that. Me, go and sort it. It's got nothing to do with me. Yeah. What happens if I go and try and sort it out? They both turn on me. How does that work? <laughs> no. Let them get on with what they want to do. It, you know, just keep me out of it. Okay, let's find out uh, where we're going next. And... Um... Okay, we're back to the Home Secretary in the UK. So, in the article I'm reading, police should not describe transgender rapists as women because it is offensive and factually incorrect. Now, this is Suela Braverman, and she's told an audience of gender-critical feminists. Uh, the Home Secretary voiced her opinions on the issue during a discussion with policing leaders and women's rights campaigners who have complained of not feeling protected by the police. The activists claimed that gender-critical women were being abused in public without appropriate action being taken by police to protect them. The term refers to someone who believes sex is binary and someone who is born male and cannot become a, a woman. Earlier this month, later in the article it emerged, police had wrongly labelled hundreds of rape suspects as women in referrals to the Crown Prosecution Service, despite Ms Braverman's orders not to do so. Over the last four years, police forces have referred 260 females to the Crown Prosecuting Service to consider a rape charge according to freedom of information requests by the Telegraph. Um, that's rather strange for my way of thinking. So a fella who decides he wants to be a woman can rape another woman, but he can't be charged with rape because even though he's a man, because he declares himself a woman, is, is that how I get it? I would think that seems to be the, the way that they want to uh, pursue that particular line of attack. I mean... Well, I don't know how that comes about. You see, if this is the Crown Prosecution Service and the police are saying that these are women, that is well, they're absolute... Well, not women, are they? Well, it's nonsense. They're not women. But the transvestites, the men dressed up as women, pretending to be a woman. Oh, please. I mean, if you don't, if you didn't read this in the newspaper, if I wasn't reading this to you, you wouldn't believe that that could appear in a newspaper. No, yeah. uh, exactly. That's why. That's why I try to get you explain. It's a, it's a man who then comes to decide he wants to be a woman and dresses as a woman, and then rapes another woman. But he can't be done for rape because he's a woman. But really, he's a man in women's clothing. How the hell does that work? I think, um, I'll go back to a statement I have already made once today, which is basically, um, I, I think if you go back to the, the fact that um, the communist had written into their manifesto that if you want to destroy capitalism, which is what our societies are at the moment, um, then you destroy the family. Well, I mean, if you've got the nonsensical thing going on perpetrated here by the police, according to this newspaper, 
so that they've referred um, wrongly labelled hundreds of rape suspects as women, then really what I would want to be doing is I would want to go back to who gave the permission for that to happen. Because whoever that is, is is the the, the, the person who is hell-bent on trying to ruin society to the uh, to the extent that they have got some influence into that, haven't they? Exactly. I, I, it, to be honest, it sounds unbelievable, doesn't it? You, you, as you say, if you'd have just said that to me, I'd have said, Vince, stop messing about. Do us a favour, will you? You know, get back to reality. But when it's... <laughs> And he comes and he's there in paper and there's been 200 and up. You're like, what? Please, somebody come to some senses sooner or later. I mean, I, I, would, I would really want the feminists to be speaking out a lot more about this. I mean, if you want, if you want equal rights, which you should have, everybody knows that, you know, it's been wrong in the past, but... Why are the why are the equal rights now so quiet on something so outrageously incorrect as that? That's what makes my blood boil. Exactly. You, you can't be a man that wants to change into a woman and then go and rape a woman, but you can't be done for rape because you're you're, act, you're an acting woman. So I'll, I'll, every rapist in country then should just say. No, you can't because I I think think of myself as a woman. Then there'd be no rape cases, would there? You know, it's like, whoa, it's like, whoa, hang on a minute. I must admit, you see, I find these things in the paper and, you know, I can tell from your voice that you just find it as incredible and incredulous as I do. I mean... It sounds too stupid to be true. That's That's the point, isn't it? You you, know, you would wonder. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. Better, I better move on because I think that one really, it does take the cake, doesn't that, it? That's really, that's really sent me around the... Do, I'm, I'm going to do Lally myself thinking about that. Okay, here's Go the next on, one. Benny. Okay, so we're looking at uh, the Blade Runners. These are the self-proclaimed guys who are trying to destroy Sadiq Khan's hated ULEZ cameras. And they've received, obviously, significant attention in the last couple of weeks. The London mayor is facing a huge backlash to his hated scheme. And saboteurs have vowed to destroy eight in ten of the cameras that are put up. But the campaign of vandalism is far from the first time that Britons have taken a major disliking to a traffic-related measure imposed from on high. I'll tell you about that in a few minutes. What do you think of the Mayor of London and his cameras? He's, he's, he's just a money-making... He, he, he doesn't care who, who it offends. He, he'll just want to keep getting more money into London. He'll still get keep voted in. But he's not getting voted in by proper Londoners, is it? So he can't. You know, it's ah, uh, it, uh, you no, nobody in the right mind would vote for him with what he's been getting up to. You know, it's well, just an absolute joke. I don't know how he gets away with it, but anyway, I don't. Um, I just thought, just out of interest, we'll have a look back to uh, back to the thirties. In actual fact, when the Belisha Beacons came in and uh, as they quickly became a major target for vandals introduced by the transport secretary leslie hall belisha in 1934 the amber colored globes sat atop black and white striped poles to mark pedestrian crossings and they're now everywhere in the country but from the day that they were first installed in london they were hugely unpopular and Hoare uh, Belisha was uh, branded a traffic dictator. Back in the 1930s, Belisha Beacons, as they quickly became known, uh, they had the, the vandals. Um, they were introduced by the transport secretary. And of course, um, you know, you think that you just think that we don't learn from the past, do we? That's the the thing that, you know, why won't why would they have not done anything? 
any research into these things before they introduce them. That's my thinking. Yeah. Belisha beacons were there as a safety for, for pedestrians. These are just a money-making gimmick, for, which, which affects everybody that has businesses or the, the uh, people want to drive into London for a weekend and this and the other again, what, what is it now, something like £12.50 a day. And who's going to pay for that? That's the people who are having these jobs done or, you know, the, the people, you could just put people going off, you know, going looking at London. But you can go, can you get on a train and you don't have to pay? Or is that part, do you have to pay part of that into your, into your uh, ticket? Yeah. So you know, should imagine you have to pay. Yeah. I get safety things. We've all we've all been grateful of uh, uh, pedestrian crossings. You know, all the Belisha beacons. No, nobody's thankful for for these uh, twelve pound fifty hillies or whatever they call charges. It's just a money making gimmick for Sadiq, Sadiq Khan. Okay, um, not one of my favourite people. Every time I see him, he tends to make me feel annoyed, but. Um, here we go. We'll play the jingle and move on. Just a couple more. Here comes the next one. Uh, right. You're listening to Vince Tracy and Neil Colborne. Okay, there was an MP, his name, uh, Peter Bone, uh, and suspension, six-week suspension for sex abuse. And it could trigger, of course, more problems for Rishi Sunak. Um, So this is an MP from Wellingborough, 70-year-old, and an independent investigation found he carried out a campaign of bullying against a young aide. If the suspension passes, it will trigger a recall petition in the former minister's Northamptonshire seat that could obviously um, be the latest in the line of votes triggered by Tory sleaze. Uh, he continues to tell everybody he's done nothing wrong. He, it's said he was verbally abused and hit with a rolled-up document and subjected to an unwanted and humiliating ritual where he was forced to sit with his hands in his lap when the MP uh, was unhappy with his work. So, um, they're a rum lot, these MPs. They're, they're bonkers, most of them. I don't know why they ever get in, if I'm honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it, it's great, this, isn't it? Right. If I did something wrong at work, foreman would come to me and give me a right bollocking. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, but he wouldn't degrade me. Or I'd have to go in office and get a right telling off. Right? But to degrade somebody in front of people is out of order. I'm, I'm, that, that shouldn't happen. But... If, if you've been taught what to do and you're not doing it right, and then he comes along and says, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. This is all wrong. Right. That's enough. But to go around, um, you know, bullying him in front of other people and, and degrading him, that's out of order. But there's some, they're saying now there's some sexual thing about it in it as well, with that yeah. Peter Bone or whatever, you know. Yeah. I think there's some of that, some of like that. But he'll deny it and deny it. They'll deny it till they blew it first. And then if it comes out that he has been doing all these, well, then all of a sudden he just gets wiped off the news. We've had that news now, and that's the end of him. Let's go and try and find another one. Yeah. I don't know about you, Neil. You know, I, I mean, by all means, you can get annoyed about these things, but there, there are so many stupid things that needn't happen and needn't get in the papers even. I mean, you know, um, basically, you've got somebody of his age who's uh, belittling you. Or you Just walk away. Go, go and find another job. Why would you want to stick around in that sort of atmosphere for me? Exactly. But so, some people, that you know, their life, you know, relies on that job, on the money, you know. But, uh, you know, but where can you come any higher than when you were at this MP? Because you know for a fact that if you go slightly higher, 
he's going to be on your back all the time then, isn't it? You know, yeah. it's, it's one of them cases. Okay. You know, uh, it, but if he has done wrong, he should, he should get thrown out of being an MP. Simple as that. Okay, we've got one more. Here it comes. Right. Now, whether we like our accent or not, most of us are stuck with it for life. That is, unless you're one of the hundred or so people in the world who have been diagnosed with foreign accent syndrome. These people can wake up one week with, for example, an American accent and switch to sounding Scottish the next. So, um, do you believe that this is something that happens? I mean, uh, it would appear that it's genuine. What do you think? No. Do me a favour. I, I can tell somebody from Liverpool and somebody from Yorkshire, uh, you know, and I'm from Lancashire. I, hang on a minute. So you're an American one night, you wake up in the morning saying, you know, Oops, mom, there's a moose loose around this house. No, I'm not having it. I mean, as I said to you before, when I've, when I've been out uh, a night, I've sometimes talked gobbledygook, but other than that, no, it's not stuck with me for the rest of my life, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I know uh, we've both been around people who have been great at making impressions of people. Um, oh, yeah. You yeah. know, uh, for, for, my, for my radio shows and from podcasts uh, with Paul Melba, I mean, Paul, at the flick of a switch, you'd become somebody really uh, well worth yeah. listening to. And Prince Charles, Prince Charles he, he, he used to do a switch into Prince Charles, and he was fantastic. And he could do anything. You know, from Top Cat to Prince Charles to, the, what, what, you know, loads of people. But he didn't wake up that this morning and just turn into Prince Charles and carried on with it. No, it, no, no, I'm not having that. You've got to, you can wake up. So I could be Northern Irish tomorrow then. I'll wake up and I'll come out with a voice and, and here they go. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? Well, no, I'm not having events. Well, within your lifetime, I mean, within your family, your stepbrother could have done that, couldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. D- tell us, tell, yeah. tell, tell our listeners about him. Well, he, he, we were the impressionist of G, you know, and uh, that's how he made his money. But even more, uh, like Paul Melba, were, were more of a vocal. He was very good vocally. You know, he could check anybody off. Where Dustin were more facially, and and um, he used to dress it like if you were doing Rod Stewart, he'd have the hair, the tartan scarf, the white pants, and you know, and all that, and uh, and sell a black, and you know. It, but he, he were more of a, a visual impressionist, where Paul were more of a vocal impressionist, yeah. you know, like Rory Bremner, yeah. you know, and people like that. But yeah, uh, I mean, he did very well. But I mean, he died very young, you know. Uh, would he yeah. would he ever have been in the house and said to you, you know, I've uh, been working on a new impression and then spring it on you and you had, you had to sort yeah, of guess yeah. who it was? Yeah, all the time. If he got someone new, he'd give me a ring. He said, come down, I want you to see this. And he'd, he'd have this, this lady, who, I mean, for silver black dresses. He'd see it on the thing and he was very good at, at drawing like dresses and suits and different, you know, and... She'd make, she'd run it up for him, and then he'd, he'd give me a ring and say, "Come come down here and see what you think." And then we'd have to go to a dentist in uh, Charlton that the BGs had. I were already there, uh, and just in a go and ask him, "Can you make these teeth to go over my own teeth?" You know, <laughs> uh, what what was she called? Una Una Joyce, uh, George and Mildred. Oh Remember yeah, her? yeah, with, I with do. Pixie, yes, I right? do. But, and that was another one. He'd, he'd find the right wig and put it on, and then go and see if he could get the teeth done, because her teeth were very big, you know, the, the, the upper ones were very big. Yeah. And uh, and then all of a sudden, it said to me, oh, I'm, I'm on my way up to your house for a coffee. I said, ah, OK. And then he'd get out of the car, but quick, and run in, and he'd come in his youth of Joyce. <laughs> so like, wow, what are you doing? <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Happy days. Happy days. You know, I mean, you played golf with Paul and you invited me to play with, with Paul and we we had a good natter about showbiz. And that's when showbiz, what about entertaining people? Mm. Now, people go to showbiz shows to try and get offended. Yeah. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. yeah, how does that work? 
Absolutely. There's our thought for today. Um, the world, the world has gone mad. You know, we, we used to say it, but it, it blooming has, hasn't it? Yeah. All right, yeah. Neil. Well, um, have a good week and look forward to uh, chatting next week. All right, Vince. I'll speak to you next week. Lovely. Yes, Thanks a lot, Cheer Neil. Bye bye. Shut up. Shut up.